It deals with fights and quarrels. James has been incredibly practical, hasn't it? I mean, incredibly practical for us. And today, that's what he hits on. Um, as a matter of fact, the opening line is going to address that. So let's look at the passage together. It's going to be on the screen above, and then, and then we'll just kind of jog through it for a second together. James chapter 4, verse 1. Um, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? And y'all thought it was bad enough when he started talking about the tongue, right? <laughs> Here we go. What causes fights? What causes quarrels among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you don't have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or, do you suppose it's to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he's made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace? Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The word of God for the people of God. You can be seated. So today, we're going to do it a little backwards. We're going to go ahead and jump into the text that we're in, and then we'll sing some more um, afterwards. We'll, we'll spend some lengthy time singing afterwards, and, and you'll see why we're going to do that in just a second. <clears throat> Guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front, we're going to do this passage unlike we've ever done any passage at Safe Haven before in nine years. And so if you're a guest with us, what we do is we go verse by verse straight through books of the Bible. We're in book of James. We've made it to chapter four. And so our what we typically do is go through a passage and we'll just pick up where we left off next week. For the first time in nine years, we will come right back to this passage next week. And the reason being is because I don't think we can dive into the minutia of it without kind of pulling back and looking at the broad picture. And as you know, a lot of times at Safe Haven, I mean, just on the screen above, right? I mean, we'll go through the verse, we'll expand it, and then we'll circle things, and we'll highlight things, and, you know, we're getting into the details, looking at the leaves, looking at the da-da-da-da, and... If we do that, a lot of times we can just miss the big picture. And I think in this passage, we need to get the big picture before we can dive back in. So just want to look through the big picture today. So this week will be part one. Next week will be part two. We'll call it the to-be-continued moment. But that's where we're at. Um, I love James because it is incredibly practical, and, and he dives in right off the bat with something very practical. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Again, and I don't say that in jest, if you've never been in a fight or never wanted to be in a fight, and I'm not just talking about fight, I'm talking about verbal fight or um, just spite. If, if you say you've never been there at odds with somebody in that way, you're just a liar. And I say that in good Christian love, you are a liar if you say that. Because we do, we have these things that, that roar up within us that, um, that make us want to fight and causes strife and quarrels. And, and so James practically dives into that. And we have passions, and that's his point. Big picture. What causes that in us is we've got passions. And our passions end up getting at odds with one another. And this is on a macro scale, and it's also on a micro scale. On a macro scale, we have wars all over the world, right? I mean, go what, turn on the TV today. And you'll find a strife something on a macro scale. And, and so it happens globally. We've got these things at war within us. There's nation versus nation. 
And what causes that is things like this. And I've just listed three, but and there's a million more, right? My passion is a style of government. Well, my passion is a style of government. So you have my passion for this style, my passion for this style, and they come together and you've got a royal explosion. And we say, well, let's figure this out over a bomb. Right? I mean, that's how it works, right? Or macro scale. We have the oil. We want the oil. Passions. Let's figure this out over a fighter jet. And the passions are at war, so it collides. Macro scale. How people live. Well, I live this way, and I like it. Well, I live this way, and I like it. Yeah, but I want you to like this way, and I want you to like this way, and so we can't agree how we're going to live and like. We'll just fight about it. But what causes that? Passion. An internal passion. And that's what James says. He says, what causes this on a macro scale? It's, it's passions within us. And let's bring it down to a micro level now. So forget nations. Let's go down to us, we people. Micro passions. What causes that strife inside your own family between one another? And right now, if you're like me, you want to go, well, because they're an idiot and I'm right. That's our go-to, isn't it? But what does James say? He says it's, it's, our, it's our passions. What causes that strife spouse between spouse? I may or may not have just made it awkward in this moment. So be it. What causes that? Julie Beth was in the first service, so I felt awkward then. So now I don't feel awkward because she's gone, right? But, but what causes strife spouse to spouse? Well, it's, it's, it's passions. And then some of us go, no, it's because he won't pick up his clothes off the floor. That's what causes the strife. Or, no, it's because she spends too much money on the dadgum credit card, Troy. I'll pull out the bill right now. And we, 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 we say it's this and that and the other, and it's, it's, James says, hey, listen, it's, it's our passions. What causes strife from employee to employee? And again, what do you want to do right now? We want to justify it. We want to go, it's because they leave their garbage all over their cubicle. Or because they don't fill out the Excel sheet the way that it's supposed to be filled out. Or it's because they cheat the system. Or it's because they, how we go, this is, this is the go-to for everybody, right? It's because they kiss up and they manipulate. That's our go-to, right? It's that jab, tap, tap. And he says, no, no, it's, it's your passions within you. What causes strife neighbor to neighbor? Well, because they don't cut their grass the right way. No. <laughs> James says it's passions within you. That's what causes strife. And so it's micro passions, it's macro passions, and all of it stems from this. I mean, we can say it's all kind of things. And, and I'm not belittling those things. Those things are real. But what James is saying is all of the strife and quarrels is because I think it should be this way and I think it should sound like that. And if you don't agree with me, then I'm either going to demonize you or just kick you to the curb. Why? Because of passions. And so in that, I, I, I maybe kind of liken it to this. Y'all, I love the fair. It freaks Julie Beth out, but I love the fair, man. When it pops up over there, um, what's the name of that shopping center? Um, 
McFarland Mall. When it shows up there, I get giddy on the inside. <laughs> I get all excited. Um, I love it. And then Julie Beth is like, well, you want to die. I'm like, no, I just want to enjoy a Polish sausage and then ride something that makes me throw it up. You know, but no big deal. And, and, and so here's the deal. When you go to those things, they always have a thing that you go in, the, the little mirror thing. You know what I'm talking about? You go in, it's got the different shaped mirrors. And, and some of them stretch you this way. And then some of them stretch you this way. And then some of them shrink you in, right? And then some of them, some of them are even properly proportioned where men we walk up to and it kind of blows you up like this, you know? And so you walk in and everybody in the room could walk in look at those mirrors, and you'll have a different perspective. Some of you will like this mirror, and you're like, <laughs> and then some of you will like this mirror. And whatever mirror makes us look how we like to be looked at, we go, <laughs> now that mirror right there is not manipulated at all. It's perfect, right? That's the right mirror because it makes me look the right way. And, and so we have this perception of, okay, if it, if it, if it makes me look better or if, if it justifies me or whatever, then that's the right way. And if you like any other mirror, then you are what? You're wrong. You're wrong. Why? Because of passions. Because of internal passions. And that's what James is getting at in this passage. And so here's the truth. At every conceivable level, passions are at war within us. Macro and micro. Why? This is broad picture, and we'll go on. <clears throat> because even though the eternal future is more real than this hard seat that you're sitting on right now, even though that's more real, right now is more loud. And so because it's louder, we go, well, this is what I need to be involved in, or this is what my passion is. And James is saying, whoa, 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 hold up. Hold up. And so, earth is in our faces. Earth is in our ears. Earth is in our hands. But here's the deal. What James is reminding us, that though it's loud and though it's real, it's distorted. It's warped. It's twisted. It's, it's fallen. It's, 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 it's trying to war for something within us. And as First Peter says, in a place that we don't even belong. What does Peter say? We are strangers and aliens doing what? What does it say we're doing? We're just passing through. This place is not our home, but yet because it's so loud, it stirs up very real passions within us, and then we let those passions get the best of us, and it causes strife and anger and quarrels and fights. And the only thing that can right our distorted gaze on the world is a right view of the cross. That's it. And with that, I really can be done today. I think that's what James is saying. He said, you want to know what causes quarrels and strife? It's your passions. And your passions are earthly, and, and you keep looking at them, and they get in your face. And because it's so loud and because it's so twisted, you begin to believe it. Um, you, you don't focus on what is true. You begin to focus on lies, and it floods you, and it just gets all in your head, and then it filters through everything else. And James is saying the only thing that will write that is to realize what's the only thing we should be passionate about. 
But because this doesn't always look very earthly, we go, well, that's, that's future, that's, that's this, this is how I get to heaven, and so it has no bearing on how I live now. And James is saying that's just not true. The cross is not just about our justification. The cross is about how we live now. It makes sense of our passions. This really is what matters eternally. This is what matters earthly. And so I just want to say these things. I believe that only through gazing at the cross can free us from resentment. Who are you resentful of right now? I think only the cross can fix that. Only gazing at the cross can free you from desires. What are those desires that you will war for come hell or high water? Only the cross can fix that. Only gazing at the cross can free you from the notion quoted by the great theologian Ron Burgundy. I'm kind of a big deal. Only the cross can free you from the notion that you're kind of a big deal. Because we're not. In light of this. And so when we gaze at this, it puts our passions in perspective. What are we willing to war for and what are we not willing to war for? And if we gaze at this, it writes that. Just yesterday, I told y'all at the beginning of baseball season, you'd get all kind of baseball illustrations. It is what it is. It'll be over in about three months. We got our whipped yesterday. Booties whipped in the last game. I'm talking a royal whipping. And it's all Nelson Barnett's fault, but we won't lay blame on anybody. Um, so... Uh, 20 to nothing type whooping. I mean, a good one. Just a one of them that you walk away going, hey, let's just go. <laughs> Who wants ice cream? You know, I mean, it was a good one. And, um, you know, I'm driving home and, and I'm, I'm processing this and it's going through my mind and I'm thinking about we could have done this, we should have done this, we could have done this, whatever. And then I'm reliving this passage and I'm going, why on earth am I anxious? about an 11-year-old baseball game because my passions are distorted. They're warped. They're twisted. In light of eternity, please, anybody stand up and tell me what that 11-year-old game has to do anything with eternity. Anybody. And certainly there are none. <laughs> it's just silly. And our passions get all warped. And so, that agitating rub, that internal angst that you have, that outward eruption that some of us have, that mental exhaustion that some of it have, all of it is rooted in unchecked desires, unfulfilled desires, and unbridled desires. And James simply calls this, verse 4, friendship with the world. Our friendship with the world sometimes twists our perception of our love relationship with our Lord and Savior. The word used here is a fascinating word. It's um, philia. I think it's on the screen. We'll get it there. Boom. Pow. 
On it. Dan's on it, man. Boom. Um, Philia, that, that's the word. A hundred bonus points for the day. If anybody can, can scream out the name of the city that draws its name. hundred bonus points are up for grabs. Philadelphia, there you go. Brandon, you were first. You get a hundred bonus points. I have no idea how you can redeem them, but there you go. hundred bonus points granted to you. Uh, Philadelphia comes from this word. Uh, the city of brotherly love, right? Uh, this, this word philia. And here's what it means. It means to draw near or to um, have a desire for or to want to be in a relationship with. Here's the word picture with this word. What James is saying is what causes quarrels and strife among you is that your passions are all jacked up and it's all about the earth and we lean in to be friends with, to have a relationship with, to be in a courtship with. Watch this. Literally what it means is this. To lean in as with a kiss towards. And what he's saying is, is what messes us up is what we lean in to have a kiss towards. And when we lean in and we begin to worship that thing, we will either worship it and anybody else that doesn't agree that we should lean in towards it, we will demonize them. And that causes what? Collisions. Eruptions. That's just the big picture. And so I'm just not ready if I'm just being dead honest with you. I'm just not ready to go there. And as I've been chewing through this passage, man, until I figure some garbage out in my life, I don't think I can with a straight face and honestly proclaim this passage to you. Because as I'm chewing through this for the past seven days, and how it typically works at Safe Haven is I chew through this passage for about eight, seven, eight days, and then I bring it to you, and then I say, hey, here's the passage, and then we let it go, and I walk away and go, ha-ha, I'm done with that passage, finally, yes. And then y'all pick it up, and for the next seven days, you chew on it and go, dead gum, what a... <laughs> and then you walk with it for seven days. What I'm saying is... Um, I think we all need to chew through this passage broad level before we can come back in micro level. How does it fit in your life? What's this passage always saying to you, already saying to you? What, what do you lean in to kiss? And the picture is pretty simple. I mean, Julie Beth was sitting right here. Uh, Ricky, it's going to be awkward using you, so, but uh, <laughs> Julie Beth was sitting right there um, in the first service. And, and so, you know, I'm able to say to her, you know, I, I want to lean in to kiss her, and, and she's the object of my affection. And so when I lean in to kiss her, she's literally right in my face. And when I lean in to kiss her, everything else around me grows strangely dim. Because she's right in my face. And what James is saying to us is this. Sometimes our passions of what we lean in to kiss will jack us up if we're not careful. But when we lean in to kiss the cross, as the old hymn rightly says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and what? The things of earth will what? They'll grow strangely dim. So what's causing quarrels amongst you? Maybe it would behoove us today to just let that go. I'm not saying it's not real, and I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, and I'm not saying it doesn't cause strife. I'm just saying maybe today we should let it go and lean in and just kiss the cross.
See if our desires really measure up. See if why we're being resentful really measures up. Or is the person and work of Jesus sufficient for everything? I didn't just pull that out of my hat. Psalm chapter 2, verse 12, the psalmist says it this way. Blesses the one who leans in. Somebody say it. Do you know what it is? To kiss what? To kiss the sun. Blessed is the one who leans in to kiss the sun. That's all I got. Band's going to come back up. And so today, I don't know how this passage hits you. I don't know where you find yourself in struggle and strife. I don't know. And again, hear me say this. I'm, I hope you hear me. I'm not saying our struggles aren't real. Our struggles are real, and they hurt, and they're like it's real stuff that you got to garbage that you got to deal with. That's true. <clears throat> but I think the only way to ever find resolve is to realize that whatever it is going on right now has earthly consequences. And when we view it through the lens of the cross, maybe we'll see the earth in a proper way. Maybe it sounds vague to some of you. Sorry if it does. But some of you, if you're like me, it probably hits you right in the sternum. Um, so let's just pray. We're going to sing today extended worship. Would you stand up? I'm going to pray for us. We're not going to open the communion table just yet. We'll do that in a moment. But if you'll pray with me. Father, thank you for this text. Thank you for the timeliness of it. And maybe just by your spirit, it's just timely for me. Or maybe it's for many of us in this room. I trust that you're sovereign. And so, Father, today I pray for the one in this room who, who is battling mentally, battling physically, battling emotionally with something or someone or a situation or whatever it is. That if but for just a moment, give them the ability to lean in and see the beauty of the sun who covers all wrongs and ultimately one day our hope and we hope as those who, who have truth before us will one day make all things right. Be glorious in our midst and hug us today. Lord, by your grace, Though we don't deserve it, would you lean in to kiss us through your gospel? Jesus, we love you. Not like we should, but man, we love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.